2: Your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And this is Star Talk. This is a Cosmic Queries edition of yes. Star Talk. Yes, it is. And in this Cosmic Queries, we're going to be talking about the science of war. Yeah, man. Ooh, science of humans at war. Yeah, and I have to tell you, man, uh, people. Are obsessed with this subject. I I, I don't understand how to, I, I don't I don't
1: get it. I, I have never received the uh, breadth. Of queries because oh, you solicited questions on this topic yes. already. Yes, we have okay. solicited questions from
2: all over the internet. I was told this morning that this would be the topic, but you've been scheming
1: <laughs> all week on all this. All week long, we've been receiving <laughs> questions, and I have to tell you that people are very passionate about it, and they're uh, you know they're doing a lot of deep thinking. You know, okay. some of the questions I'm like, you were clearly high when you wrote that question. <laughs> right. You had to be high to write
2: that question because <laughs> because I because I, I, I don't have any. I mean, while well, you don't get to see the questions. Plus, that's true. But though I be a scientist, I have no particular expertise in this topic. Right. Okay, so I figured, okay, then they plunked a book down in front of me called Grunt, The Curious Science of Humans at War. Mm. So I said, damn, I got to read this book like in the next hour? But then they told me, no, Mary Roach, the author of the book, yes. is here with us. Yes. From Oakland, California, Mary Roach. Yes. yes. Thank you, Mary. This is not your first time on Star Talk. No, no. It's like your no, fourth no. time or something.
3: I think we, yeah, uh, the fourth, yeah.
2: Yeah, you got like the coolest talkian books We could ever find So great Great to have you on here So basically These questions are going to be For Mary Yeah but for the, I, for I'll, 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 have, I'll be Mary's sidecar On this right. I could back her up With some physics If we need it Right but This is her book Yeah for the most part This is uh, this is what people And Mary remember. I'm not going to lie to you And say oh I read this book And it's, uh, I haven't read it yet I just saw it like this no, minute
3: No, no problem mm-hmm. Every other
2: talk show host Is lying to you When they said they read your book Oh I know You, no. you know this I know
3: okay. I haven't read it either <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, have, I don't remember what's in it I wrote it a long time ago Right um mm-hmm. We'll see, what these we'll see what the people say. And listen, you know,
1: like I said, some of the questions are out there. Oh, but just you before know. you go in, oh, go ahead. Just, just an overview. Yeah. What is this subject?
3: Okay. So this is military science, but specifically n- not the weapons and the bombs and the right. strategy, which I, you may have a lot of questions there about that. When I, mean, I will turn those all over to you. Okay. So this is
1: the human Right, the human the condition.
3: Human should, yeah, it's extreme heat right. and loud noise and right. fear and panic right. and flies and diarrhea and all of the things that people don't necessarily think about but the military thinks about because it, it knocks soldiers out of commission and anyway so yeah that kind of so it's,
2: it's all in here so this this all is like your this was your next project after all these other completely far flung places you have been in yeah. your book portfolio.
3: Yeah, you'd think I would take a body of knowledge that I've worked on and build upon that so that but I don't no but no, yeah. no. I gotta start all over again. Start all over, knowing nothing. All right, so let's yeah. try this. Okay.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, but it's still before. Okay. What is the most weirdest scientific thing you can share with us? About military grunts
3: Okay here's Okay so Here's Just, 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 the just to the out, soil here first. The book starts out With the chicken gun And I love the chicken The chicken because gun Because I like to say The word chicken Whenever possible Right the Chicken gun I think
2: I know The chicken gun story chicken Do gun. you? Yeah, yeah yeah I have never I have don't think I'm familiar With gun? the chicken gun yeah, it's, you're, you're testing The, 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 the canopy mm-hmm. of airplanes Of yeah. fighter
1: pilots Okay. Right. So okay.
3: The, the chicken is a stand in for your turkey vulture, your Canada goose, your starling, whatever it is. It's kind of a worst case scenario. Because the chicken, it's a s it's kind of an odd choice because it doesn't the chicken doesn't they don't actually fly. You're not gonna no matter how long you're a pilot, you are never you're not right. gonna actually hit a actually chicken, hit But a it's chicken.
2: a bird and it's yeah. readily variable at your groceries
3: it's <laughs> consistent. All right. Yeah. So you you take a frozen chicken, you thaw it out, you load the chicken gun and you fire it at the the canopy,
2: right? Yeah. So at the same speed that the plane would otherwise encounter it, flying well, through flying the, air. Right. Into the air, right?
3: But it was it, there were a lot of thought went into this because there's also because they're, they're like, well, I, the chicken. This will be. A, it's it's very dense. It's a big heavy thing. That'll be great. But in fact, there's something called pause for drama. The feathered bullet phenomenon. Which the is feathered bullet, bullet phenomenon. phenomenon. Tiny little bird, you know, starling right. maybe, you know, right. hits the windshield, just like a bullet right into the pilot. Gotcha. Yeah, so, you know, you think you have it figured out. Yeah, we'll use a chicken. And then there's... And then all of a sudden that tiny bird
1: comes through and shoots you in the head.
2: Well, wait, gotcha. because the bird appears uh, a tinier hole, and yeah, yeah. it's a different kind of impact, exactly. basically, it's, that it's, was not it's previously a more considered. Focused, it's, it's closer to a bullet. Okay, so to test this, they should just shoot bullets at... <laughs> <laughs> I, I could do that. Chickens... You sit here, right. and let's
1: see right. if the bullet hit you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Right. Go.
1: Or find a finch that's packing. <laughs> <Right. laughs> well, you
3: yeah, have a bird fire a gun.
1: Right, exactly. Now,
2: just four days ago, I was at Edwards Air Force Base, and I saw the canopy of the f twenty fighter. And it was large and beautiful. It was completely transparent. Mm -hmm. And what the pilots were telling me is that now it's not just a canopy to their side and to their front. It is completely around them. And so they have Full high yeah. quality visual confirmation of anything that's around them, right? And I said, shouldn't you be flying with instruments rather than relying on your own damn eyes?
1: Yeah, that's normally the pilot's way. Oh,
3: okay,
2: Rely Rely on <laughs> instruments. That's what I No, to... if you're a fighter pilot, that's what I thought. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyhow, let's get to. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So so that's anyway. a good interesting example. Chicken.
3: Yeah, the chicken, the, chicken gun. The, the chicken, chicken gun, the problem I found out is that when birds, birds and planes take off into the wind, so the birds are like, oh, you know, heading along, they're not mm. looking behind, so they they're, they don't have a visual. Awareness to get out of the way. So that was a—that's a problem. They're not
2: looking at what's coming at them. Right. The right.
3: plane's coming up from behind.
2: Sh- but for me, that's one of the uh, one of the most beautiful metaphors. Do tell. It's in life. Mm-hmm. Here we go. When the wind is against you, right? Remember,
1: that is exactly the condition to take planes flight. take flight. Wow, and that's a be- that is a beautiful metaphor,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, mine is when and the wind Canada is Canada geese. <laughs> 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 I'm sticking with the airplane here.
2: Right, exactly. Why do you have ruin my metaphor?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, so I said chicken. And I chose the more lovely Canada goose.
2: Yeah, so the yeah the plane wants the high speed. It can be relative to the air. It's not about the ground. Right. It's about the air. So you take off into the moving air, then mm-hmm. uh, you can take off at a lower ground speed because your airspeed's higher. That's that's all.
1: Gotcha. And, What's going and
3: on? the birds figured that out, too. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. intelligent. So let's do this. Chuck, you yeah. solicited
1: questions Hi. on this topic? And we have them. And our first question is a Patreon patrons question, which, of course, if you... Uh if you actually support us on Patreon, then uh, we will uh, put your question to the top of the queue. And is that right? Precedent. Yes, as a matter of fact. They're actually buying their way to the top of the thing? I, I can think of no better way to get people to participate. Okay. Uh, or to get votes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Buy the votes. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, right. what's, your, uh, what's your first question?
1: So, uh, this is from Jeff Prime, who is a Patreon patron. And Jeff wants to know this from Omaha, Nebraska. My unit. And I were deployed in Iraq from 2007 to 2008. I personally have known several men from my unit that suffer from PTSD while other members do not. With all other variables being equal, is there a biological reason why some soldiers handle war differently in a mental capacity that helps explains why some soldiers suffer PTSD while others do not. Good one, Mary. That's a right? very good
3: question? Very good question. Very yes, good question. and I do not know the answer. Cool. Yes. Okay. There All you right. have it. There. There you have it. Yeah. And moving on.
1: I <laughs> no, I'm say, joking. Well, I can reflect on this
2: fact. There's
3: probably uh, there's probably a reason.
1: Yeah. I I, I, I would think that if we knew that uh, definitively, then we would be able to delineate why that is, and then look for a cure right. to PTSD. Oh, or, you, or or Keep those, keep those people out, out of, out of combat. Right, which is what
3: one of the things in the book was uh, they were looking at heat injuries, and there's a huge individual variation in who can acclimate extreme heat mm-hmm. like who can feel like start sweating heavy and sooner mm-hmm. and there's like, like i can deal with this and other people can't and they get right. heat stroke and they sometimes die i'm pretty and good in a
2: wide like, range of temperatures yeah and what i found is oh could you put on the heat okay oh, put on the and i'm just kind of ch- chilling with the cool you're right <laughs> no i'm, I'm just am self-regulating uh, yeah kind of yeah. I, I it's not that i don't feel hot or feel cold it's that i'm okay with it no, you right. have a... Uh, See, that's probably
3: uh, psychological. You just yeah. roll with everything. Maybe it is say, psychological it is,
2: rather yeah. than physiological. I, in either case, right. you still want to know who's susceptible to PTSD right. and who isn't. Right, right, right. And, of course, there's that very famous scene. I know, only know it from the film. I, I assume it was true with Patton. Uh, walks into a uh, infirmary an infirmary yes and there's these wounded soldiers there yeah. bandits and there's one yes. soldier who has no wounds at all he's there in tears at the edge of the yes. bed what they called back then shell shock yeah it was yeah. shell shock
3: and then combat fatigue and then and, it was combat and, fatigue and now right. it's PTSD and Now P- right.
2: PTSD not, when it wasn't enough syllables <laughs> <it>, Becomes <laughs> yeah. more real when you have more exactly. syllables give People us an acronym. finally pay give attention
3: us
2: an acronym. to it yeah. <laughs> so so he slapped he bitch slapped. Yeah, he did the soldier, and th- this made it to the press that he had no sort of compassion. No compassion. For, yeah, was a, empathy for mm-hmm. this empathy young man. Empathy for the yeah, and he right. was saying
3: he didn't bother him apparently. So he figured everybody else should. I
2: guess it was a day when psychological injury was right. not viewed as the same as physical injury, whereas right. today right. so often. Uh, right. This is how we do it Okay yeah. All
1: right. well, What else what you, you got? That's a great question
2: mm-hmm. um, <laughs> It remains a great question Without an answer Available uh, from this table well, <laughs>
1: okay. you know, well, I don't have an answer There's nothing wrong with that Okay uh, Now this one is Really for Neil uh, Mary uh, And I'm reading it Neil because I'm not sure What this guy's talking about Okay Okay uh, And this is from Nick Whew. Sazvransky. Sazfransky. you think that's right?
3: Sazfransky.
1: Zazfransky. Look, if
2: you start Zafransky. pronouncing names correctly, then we won't know what to do with you. you can <laughs>
1: pronounce it however you want. And that's your thing now. <laughs> that's my thing. I
2: don't do It could be t-
3: Zafransky. I don't yeah. know. Zafransky, could, right? Zafransky. 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 Okay, here we go. I don't
1: know. Uh, this is what he says. I'm a young sci-fi r- uh, uh, writer and fantasy. I'm currently working on a hard science fiction book. My question is, how much do we understand, here's the thing, Neil. exotic particles, what if any effect they do have on the human body? And and then he says, if you could put a blurb about my book, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So I don't think I'm gonna do the
2: blurb about the book, but well I think I have a way to, to link this back to Mary. But we, we have the portfolio of particles that exist that right. have been measured. They right. have names, they have masses, they have, you know, energies and different states and this sort of thing and half lives. And so some particles just go straight through you like neutrinos. Right. Billions go through you every square centimeter, every second from the sun, and they do nothing to us, they don't interact. What matters is if they interact with you. That's the difference, okay? And if they interact, they could do damage. And so so this is a, so if you wanna weaponize a particle, you would make some kind of device that you know contains particles that will interact with your body in some way, mm. mess with your DNA, mm. mess with your skin, mess with whatever, and then that becomes a weaponized ray gun basically.
1: So you make the particles a delivery system for some type of debilitation. Correct, correct. Now we do this for for electromagnetic energy. So there's a uh,
2: there's a movable microwave device which is an it's a non-lethal anti-personnel weapon. It's non-lethal. So if there's a crowd of people, you drive up this truck, you aim this antenna at the people, and it's like you just put them all in a microwave oven.
1: Now, do you first get them to hold a burrito?
2: (laughs) So they can eat it on the way. (laughs) And
3: you've got to take the wrapper off. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly. So... So what happens is their skin starts feeling hot, and they and they want to go out of the beam.
1: So they scatter. They
2: scatter. They right. scatter. So right. you, this how so you can decentralize what might be a mob that, that's that's coming. Um, is there any discussion in the military about um, weapons, the effect of weapons on people that are not just guns that your traditional?
3: Well, there was uh, not in this book, but one of my previous books. There was uh, infrasound. I don't mm. know which book this was even in, they were, there was this. She's
2: got so many books, you don't I remember don't which book remember. that was in that she wrote. That's yeah. pretty cool. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's badass, actually. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. pretty badass. <laughs> that's, it's like, it's,
3: and it's, some it's,
1: book that I wrote somewhere. <laughs> I, don't <know>. I believe <laughs> I said. <laughs> so what you can all, you can all do is
3: like buy them all. Buy them all, <laughs> lay them out, she can <laughs> point <laughs> to it. And you oh, let, me, you 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 let me know. That's it, you buy them all. Exactly. So, yeah, but Infrasound, there was this talk about that that the military was looking for uh, uh, non-lethal weapon, I think it was. Supposedly, it would. Uh, infra- oh, no, it yeah, it's infrasound, and you know, it was like long, slow, low-frequency waves. Low frequency, Low frequency waves. and that it would, you, it, would res- it would have the same resonant frequency as some of the internal organs. So you, you it would create fear, nausea, yeah. uh, terror. Uh, but yeah, it never. This is like
2: in in, in you know, Jurassic it never Park. Never went
3: anywhere. When T-Rex. Yeah.
1: Like the, the, the
2: liquid in right. the
1: yeah. Right. And you yeah. see the uh the vibration in right. the liquid in the glass. <laughs> right, 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 right. That type of deal.
3: Yeah, like yeah. they would like it would launch a ball of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I could never find it. That'd any. be a
1: knob. There'd be T Rex would be one of the settings. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the exactly. way, the military doesn't have to look for that. We already have it. It's called One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> They're a boy band.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was some concern about uh, uh, NASA had concerns about because the, the engines were putting in a launch, they would be putting out tremendous amounts of infrasound and they were afraid they were going to deliver jelly to the moon that it would even it was so, that intense. but I think as it turned out, it wasn't.
2: But in, it, in fact, it, they what, do have what they call a sound abatement system. and before every launch, in the seconds before they ignite the engine, you see this basically a swimming pool's worth of water dumped onto Whoa. the launch pad. And the water absorbs the acoustic reverberations, that's right. Ah. They're worried that the acoustic reverberations would just completely tear apart yeah. the entire bottom half of the rocket.
3: Right, like the the, the, the singer with the glass breaking shadows. Yeah,
2: exactly, yes. Yeah. Except now, So what they do is they put in the water, that absorbs the energy, right. and that way the energy doesn't hit the rocket again. So next time, watch very closely every single launch. And they're big tanks yeah. surrounding launch pads, they're water tanks. Bada bing! And then the vibrations hit, it vaporizes the water. Oh. So some of the smoke you see coming out right. is is
1: steam, basically. That's vaporized cool. Vaporized by the energy, the acoustic energy of vibration. That's amazing. amazing. Give me one amazing. more question. Amazing. By the amazing. way, uh, that is the exact um, sound that it makes when the water is dumped. Bada bing. Bada bing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. Bada bing. Three words. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, Give it to us, Chuck. Okay. Here's a here's a quick one since we are, don't have a lot of time. Uh, tech advancement through wars from Maddie Stark uh, on Facebook says this: How do you feel about the idea that war is necessary for technological advancement? Ooh, let me let me let me cast that in a grunt question. Okay. Okay.
2: So how much have we? How much has war advanced medicine?
3: A lot, in terms of. Um Combat trauma. I mean, did, did stuff like all right, you get somebody whose artery is cut, and they've got about two minutes. So you know, get it in terms of two getting... Minutes before it, they're dead, before they bleed out mm-hmm. and they're dead. And like two minutes to uh, stabilize, get stop the bleeding, stabilize them, and get them somewhere. They have gotten really good at that. So emergency care, um, it, that's been huge. And of course, the whole concept also, of triage, triage. A war-based, yeah, war based, yeah, war based exactly. And also things you wouldn't necessarily think about. Uh, there was a, a Navy guy, Captain Phillips, not that other Captain Phillips, got gotcha. you, but who came. Uh, uh, came up with this um, discovery that if you, you know, if someone's got extreme diarrhea like cholera, where you're like losing five gallons of liquid, yeah. he even he invented this thing, the cholera cot. It's a cot with a hole in a bucket. You're just, you're, and it, you're, you're, you're going to die quickly because you're. Just um,
2: right, just, leaking. Right, you're leaking. But so, what has he invented the so, bucket? So Why what, what? that's not an invention? invention. <laughs> well, the
3: cholera cot was one invention, but not the important one. The important one was if you add glucose to the rehydration fluids, mm-hmm. it, it enhances absorption of the fluids and the salt. So now you can drink them rather than hook up an IV. So in a third world country where somebody right, uh, they don't have to make their way to a clinic and get hooked up to an IV, they can actually drink this stuff, and it's saved you know millions of lives. Because it's still like two, you know, two some million people die. So here's here's a morbid
2: yeah. question. You ready? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Have more people, have more lives been saved by the medical advances from war than lives that have been lost from the waging of war itself?
3: Wow. Interesting. Well, Well, wow. you know, okay, well, here's a figure for you.
2: <laughs> this war
1: is good for you people.
3: I know. We have to kill you in yeah. order to save
1: you.
2: You're listening to Star Talk. Stay tuned for another segment.
0: Games rated E for everyone.
2: Welcome back to Star Talk. Here's more of this week's episode. I left you with a question yes. just before the end. Yeah. I just wanted to know, given given how many lives have been saved by medical advances from innovations during war, right? right. Could one make the case, the morbid case, that the number of people who have died at war is less than the number of lives who have been saved by the medical advances derived from
3: it. Probably just from the the the, the dysentery and diarrhea statistics alone. I mean, you're talking okay, so two point five million people a year still the WHO that's the figure for deaths. The
2: World Health Organization still yes, no, to this day. Yes, uh, happen, a million uh, uh, people uh, die from dehydration, dehydration from diarrhea, from diarrhea. A lot of them cholera, or some other,
3: and yeah, in developing nations. So. Right. That's a huge
2: two and a half million a year. Two
3: and a half million, yeah. yeah. From uh, from, yeah, exactly.
2: Okay, so, so uh, fifty million people died in the Second World War. It was mm-hmm. the last number I checked. So twenty-five years of that—that's right. just the diarrhea right. alone. Right. but, but they now. are dying. We didn't stop them from dying. So I want to know if lives have been saved.
1: Not- well, well, no. But she's saying that just the the advancements that we've made uh, to combat that uh, may may have saved. Uh, uh, a significant number of lives. Whether or not it right, balances, but, we don't know. But
3: right. But my statistic that you know the those they're still dying. They're still dying. So,
1: so what you're saying that a, number could have been much
2: larger. Much larger. Still, yeah. If that's
3: the number, they still. That's
2: the number still dying. It would have been huger. Right, right, right. Hu- huge. 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 It would have been huge. Huge. Right. 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 <laughs> Just
1: like my hair. Huge. Okay. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Oh
3: man! Not like my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the, you know what? Some, I, I recently saw a statistic on the uh, uh, the number of deaths from car crashes versus the like, every year that there's been a military conflict. The number of deaths just from car crashes dwarfs the number from killed in whatever the war that's going on.
2: Okay, not not. The Second World War, but surely since no, then. No, right.
3: no, since then. Yeah,
2: we lose we
1: lose 100 100 yeah. people a day. It's, it's, now, not, are they only not, are they not, only, not. only accounting American deaths, or are they counting the number of people? Because we tend to kill a lot more people. Yeah, than, exactly. Yeah, than, yeah we, that's true. Right. That's true. But I can tell you, it's
2: 100 people a day on the roads. And at the wow. peak of the Vietnam War, we were losing 100 servicemen a week. So it's basically a factor of seven higher wow. in yeah. cars than. In military, right. not not the First World War. I mean, not the Second World War. But here's something I tweeted recently: the Second World War. You do the, you run the math? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were losing one thousand humans per hour. Wow. One thousand wow. per hour died at the hands of another human being during the six years of the Second World War.
3: Mm, wow, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, insa- However, the Mexican American War, seven to one ratio. Uh, disease to combat injury, l- l- dysentery, diarrhea, malaria. Seven to to one. Of course, so think like Mexico and diarrhea. They're always going to be linked. Wow! Uh, yeah, I know. So Poor true. Mexico. Even back then. Even back so, then. Don't but drink but the water back it, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was that quote, William Osler, dysentery has been more fatal to soldiers than powder or shot.
1: Ooh! Ooh. Wow!
3: That's even as good as your chicken metaphor that you <laughs> let loose earlier. <laughs>
1: it was not I've read. All right, Chuck. What else okay, you got? Here we go. Let's move on. This seems to be a big theme that people want to know about, and uh, this is this is from uh, Heron Filth. Okay, that's the name. Uh, that's how you're pronouncing the name. But go on. <laughs> no, no, F I L T. Let me have fun with how you can't pronounce stuff. Okay. All right, go on. Uh, maybe he just jump. wrote it. Maybe that way wrote it with wrote it that way to make to mess with me. All right. Uh, here we go. Uh, Hi, Neil. Really love the show. Keep it up. My question is, in recent films such as Civil War, we're talking about Marvel Comics Civil War, Mm -hmm. we see genetically advanced soldiers like Bucky, who is a character, uh, Captain America's friend. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm translating as he asks the question. And uh, the Winter Soldiers, uh, uh, also part of the uh, uh, Genetically Modified Soldiers, uh, could super soldiers eventually become a reality? If so, what are the biological implications of doing such a thing? Greetings... From Mexico City.
2: Whoa.
3: <laughs> yes. This is a show for you.
2: Which yeah. <laughs> so Mary I'm go to Mexico City, it's supposed to be great. Uh, so Mary, are there studies of Uh, Have there been attempts to modify the human physiology in war?
3: I saw this amazing paper, uh, uh, DARPA. You know, DARPA. Mm -hmm. DARPA's the way outside the box.
2: Mm -hmm. Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. Yes,
3: yes. It was a paper. uh, It was speculation. It was not projects that are underway, but they were listing like... One of the whole
2: points of DARPA is to have highly speculative research. Yeah. It could break open a whole new field of of military might. That's cool.
3: This was in particular modifications to the human body. What could we do? And inspiration from the animal Kingdom. So they were look, they were looking at uh, uni hemispheric sleep, which you have in marine mammals and in some geese and ducks, mm, and right. what, with one, could, eye one eye open, yeah, right, exactly. Yep. So they funded some research, so some basic research into you know, marine biologists and mm-hmm. uh, bird people, ornithologists would be the, I guess the word. there we were like I call here. them
2: bird people. Yeah, okay. <laughs> look at in,
3: look at bug this. people.
2: I call them bug people.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah, the butt people have probably been doing some work too. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, just looking into, like, how does this work, and Mm -hmm. could we foster this and somehow make our soldiers able to sleep? Yeah, because sleep deprivation is huge, and it affects your performance, your military performance. So if there were a way to sleep with one half of the brain and keep the other eye open and make sure nobody's sneaking up. Then you
2: swap brain halves. Then, right. Yeah, presumably both halves Like sharks. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah.
3: Right. So, so was that? There was an it was an amazing list. There were things like you know the human llamas or or you know, could you you know somehow have more hemoglobin for, for mountain warfare? Could you make somebody able to you know kind of eyes them quickly to be able to breathe you know to to function better at high altitudes? I do remember. Um, Surgically installed gills was on the list.
2: Mm. Wow! Whoa. Okay, now yeah. that would be like close. water world right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, right. Waterworld. Mm-hmm. Does right. Kevin Costner know about this? <laughs> that's right. We're going to work on. <laughs> oh, we're going to try him when out he, first. When, you, when he came around his neck and you saw the yeah. gills yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, here's my take on that. Not that anybody asked, but I'll tell you my take. The, in the early days of space exploration, there yeah. was all this talk about modifying the human physiology to accommodate the stress and strain on our body in space Uh and in almost every case they came up with an engineering solution to the problem rather than a biological one where, it, where therefore it was not invasive to the human body. They would talk about: Is there some pill you can take where the brain would not require as much oxygen when you do a high G turn out from a you know from a, a, a as a fighter pilot might when they're when they're turning around and the, and in that way your brain wouldn't need as much oxygen and still. And then the engineers just mm-hmm. developed these,
1: these suits right, right where they just where they squeeze, squeeze your squeeze leg, it, yeah. squeeze
2: your leg, blood ain't got no way to go. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So so <laughs> yeah. so many of these are injured. How about a, one where you don't feel nauseous and feel nausea in zero G or you can just spin up the space station and create one G. So, so my, my, oh, you, we, do you want to make bulletproof skin, or just make Kevlar bullet and wear a bulletproof yeah. vest? Right. Yeah.
1: So I want the bulletproof skin. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm, You're just saying. I'm just going to go on record and say the bulletproof skin <laughs> is what I would go for. So I'm I, I'm more Tony Stark
2: on this. Give me the give me <laughs> either suit. Give me the power, the, the money, and the brains, and we'll make we'll make anything we need. Okay. I will be able to fly.
1: That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's cool. No. All right. What else you got? All right, here we go. Um, Johnny Glasgow from Facebook says, Hi, Neil. It would be Facebook, our followers on Facebook. Our followers on Facebook, Facebook headquarters. Right, Facebook. right okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not actually having coffee with Zuckerberg <laughs> right now. Um, uh, he says, uh, Hi, Neil. Hi, Mary. Uh, what scientific advances made during wartime have the biggest positive effect on our civilian lives today? Hmm.
3: I'm going to have to go with the medical stuff.
1: The medical stuff.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The stuff we were talking about the earlier. The stuff we were talking about earlier. That, yeah. is, that yeah. is
1: the most positive effect. Positive
3: effect. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, I guess you could talk about, I mean, if you like taking forward the whole notion of drones completely taking humans out of the equation, but that's, you know, it's got other issues. But uh. mm. The
2: whole episode on Star Trek. hmm uh, that
3: was indeed yeah. where they yeah. fought the
1: war through Completely. mathematical calculations. Right. And then people reported to a chamber uh, for, for Of annihilation. execution because
2: the calculations showed that you would have been killed. You would have been that. killed in the, in right. the they battle. They just walked in and right. they took him out.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that, which is that Captain Cook said, no, you can't, do." That way, right. that
2: is not war. <laughs> war is ugly and bloody.
3: Spock said, actually, though, statistically, <laughs> I can see the merit of this particular
1: approach. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, well, that's cool, yeah. That, so definitely the... The medical advancements is...
3: That's what comes to mind in terms of a positive... Yeah, positive. Okay, I would I say... Know, are there any I technological
2: say, advancements? I would say or? one thing. Go ahead. The V2 rocket was the very first intercontinental ballistic missile, which became the foundation of our entire space arsenal.
1: Yeah. Ah. So
2: everything that we know and love about space, including awesome. where you get your, 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 your weather maps from from the weather channel, you get people saying, I don't mind going to, I don't know, what do I
1: need space for? I have my GPS in the weather channel. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that's like, get your, get your government hands off my Medicare.
3: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that's what that yeah. statement, statement is. Yeah. Exactly statement. what that is. So yeah, I would say, I know now. Yeah. NASA, I mean, anything that's, Miniaturized fire, oh, yeah, the entire portable, miniaturized lightweight. Well, well that, was, that was NASA, that's not NASA. war. I know, I there's probably a yeah, there's probably
2: war didn't have to miniaturize the way NASA did because no, 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 you have too. to launch it for you know,
3: well, then right, right, again, every ounce here's, cost you money. There's
2: a war thing right, that's though. Right. The first, By right. Wait, it's ten thousand dollars a pound to orbit. Oh, God. so if you got a little extra gut. Yeah, yeah. So we, I ain't flying that in right. space. You go, you go get back on a treadmill.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how about this? Um, I believe the first computers were used to uh, yes. calculate the trajectory Holistics. of uh, mortar shells.
3: That is that is, Is
1: that true. correct? That is true. Okay.
3: Yes. Yep. So, yep.
1: And now we have computers. Right. I mean, we know what they do now.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, the military led the development of supercomputing. Yes. That's right. That's right. Nowadays, it's commercially driven because the demand is there. But in the, in the day. Yeah.
1: Back in the day. Right. There you go. All right. All right. All right. Well, not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else you got? Here we go. This is from Christian Prisblick. Prisblick. Okay. Here you go, Mary. <laughs> Take a look. Now at they're it. just messing with you, Chuck. <laughs> they're that. just messing with
2: you. Now, Christian, right? We're the Joe Smiths out there. <laughs> Prisblick? Next time, can a Joe Smith please ask
1: Chuck a question? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Where's Joe Smith when I need him? Okay, Christian Prizbilek from Twitter uh, says this. uh, Do vets of armed combat face a disproportionate number of chronic health issues, and does race play a role or or as well as class? So class and race, do they play a role in in the uh, chronic health issues that vets face and do vets face more chronic health issues than anyone else by virtue of being a vet
3: I would yeah 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 there's a tremendous amount I mean just like just starting with hearing the number one VA expense, hearing loss. Really? Come away with. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, just, it is not just rifle uh, bombs going off and rifle fire. It's steady state noise, like you're in a, a Blackhawk helicopter, right. which is like 106 decibels. And you're in for. <laughs> right, yeah. and, so and then they have hearing protection.
1: Trucks imitating a helicopter. you he like that? I like <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Can you
3: do a uh, an M16?
1: Uh, uh, well, M16 is a little bit more staccato, so it's. An M
2: sixteen, the rifle. Sounds yeah.
3: like a duck. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. I'm no, not then, good. But then there's the Huey from Vietnam. No, yeah. no. It's like a, it was. Yeah, like, that's it, was a, it was a. It had a. Pul- it was a pulsing, pulsing sound. So you're saying the yeah. consistent, the oh, right, because it persistently it's, being persistently bathed in high decibel sound,
3: even beyond that.
2: just whether yeah. you were near an explosion.
3: Right, and and the other problem is that when the uh, when the noise. E- See so when things go kinetic, when there's fire, you know, when there's like, you, there's no warning. You don't have time to go, oh, you roll down my foam earplug and pull my <laughs> outer ear back and put right. that. In, you know, you, there's just not time, and they're not going to wear that stuff all the time because you lose your situational awareness. You can't hear somebody shouting, "Get down!" heard somebody over there. So they uh, they've tried to yeah. do that in
2: some movies.
3: Well, which- they have, yeah. They have special operations. says is really cool. You bionic hearing. It's so cool. This is a headset, and it. Uh, attenuates the loud noises. It changes and the, the, the right. Range. So the loud stuff gets quieter, and the quiet stuff, stuff is amplified. Slather, so right. you're like the bionic. I was It's like so you could hear across the room.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was no, that was the eye. What you're doing?
3: Oh, was that the eye? That was the eye. That was the ear. That was the ear. Okay, I think you're right. Yeah. You know, Summers had the ear. She had the ear. Now she's selling mattresses. Late night TV.
1: Can you so, hear me now? <laughs> uh,
2: so, okay, so that's interesting. So these, so, so anyway,
3: yeah. But that's just that's the biggest one. But then, um, yeah, uh, you, you got a, like traumatic brain injury, and you got yes. and, and orth, orthopedic stuff. I mean, if you're in a vehicle that is designed to withstand an IED going off, I mean, you'll survive. You, you survive, but you, you, you like the the bottom of it would come up and slam into the right. foot and the pelvis and the spine. Speaking There's of that, that just wear and tear on your body, even if you're not blown up.
1: So speaking of that, and this question is
2: from... So these are uh, veterans that have been in combat, Yes. just Yes. Veterans, generic veteran, right, right, because right. 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 many, most veterans have not been in combat, uh, right. So,
3: oh, so yeah. do they have more? Well, I, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we, but we
1: presume it's combat
2: veterans. Well, we yeah, we would have
3: problem.
1: to as, assume yeah. because I mean, I mean, uh, I'm going to say carpal tunnel doesn't count. <laughs> I've been sitting at this desk <laughs> filling out these reports for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> My wrists are killing me.
2: Actually, uh, I have this book called Dear Dear America, which is a collection of letters home from Vietnam right. that was collected before they made a Vietnam. Memorial here in Lower Manhattan, and so on the memorial are, are, these, are subsets of these letters. Wow. The book is all of them. That's cool. And, and just to your point, Mary, these are letters from all manner of servicemen serving in Vietnam, and there's some talking about like their f- friends getting blown up in front of them, and right. and and wading through the muck and mire and the mosquitoes. Right. And then there's another letter of someone who's in a in a in an office right. in Vietnam saying. I can't, you know. I don't want to laugh, but it's so hot in here. It's almost ninety-four degrees, and the fan doesn't work. These working conditions are terrible. It's like, do you have any idea what's going on (laughs) around you? Around you? Right. (laughs) My typewriter
3: keys are sticking. (laughs) Sticking The humidity.
2: So I think it's it's your your biggest problem is your biggest problem. That's really what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever your biggest problem is, that's your biggest problem.
1: Wow, that's cool. Um, Chuck, how many how many questions can you squeeze into this? All right, you know what? Try it. Here's, go. Here's the deal. I'm gonna we're gonna go philosophical. Less Ollenhauser, Ollenhauser says, um, Do you think there can be or ever has been something that can unite humans so effectively as war? What a profound Ooh. question. Mars mission. Ooh. Ooh, look at you yeah. with the Mars mission! Ooh. Landing
3: a human Mars man. Yeah, I everybody's going to tune in to that, right? Mm. Do you think?
1: Mm. I don't
3: know. Yeah.
1: Well, so I, so
2: I, let me agree and add to that. So I've thought a lot about things that unite humanity. Okay. So one of them is war, which is the largest organized unification of humans that we experience. Not that mobilizes us like a good war. Exactly, and what odd thing is that it mobilizes us against one another, but it's nonetheless mobilizing. Another one is the Olympics. True. And another is the World
1: Cup. Which by the way is a metaphor for war.
2: (laughs) Yes it is actually, and so too is the World Cup. Exactly. Uh, Except you don't end up dead at the end of it. (laughs) Right. So the World Cup, the Olympics, and the International Space Station. When you look at the cost of the International Space Station, the number of countries involved, it is the greatest collaboration of nations outside of the waging of war. Really? You look at just the total yeah. investment that has gone in it, basically $3 billion a year plus. So, yeah, yes. So I agree landing on Mars could do that if it's done as a as, as a, a global national yeah, I mean, exactly. consortium. As it's done, Which as it
3: a, would be, wouldn't it? I mean, don't you think?
2: It can be, but I don't have enough confidence yeah. in the human species to think yeah. that we wouldn't do it out of competitive urges rather than cooperative urges.
1: So you're saying that Mm -hmm. if we make it a reality show competition between countries, we're more apt to go to Mars than if we were just to wait for us to finally come together. My
2: feeling is that your urge to be innovative is greater stimulated when you're in competition than when you're in cooperation. That's my feeling here. Okay. Mm -hmm. As capitalism, at its best, reveals. Where you wanna, you want, I want your money. I don't want you to give your money to the other person. So now that competition drives me to be better. There, there it is, other guy. There it is. Gotcha. There it is. I think we're out of time. Oh my gosh! Oh my, oh my gosh! But yeah. well, let me just so, so 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 Mary. Yeah. Let me let me let me break ranks here and pull away from Chuck's questions. Okay. Is there one other thing you want us to know about your book before we before we end and start talk today?
3: Oh, gee, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a dark topic, but it's an Interesting, quirky, fun read. I don't want people to get it. I mean, it, it's a, you mean war is serious, but they're the people. People in the military have a good sense of humor, and it's you have to. So I think you yeah, have yeah. to. Anytime there's death involved and life and death and all that, so it's so it's um. It's fun. It's a fun. Did you,
2: you interviewed you interviewed servicemen? I
3: was the... I was on a nuclear sub. I was in uh, Camp They Let you she... in. It took me a year and a half to get on Yeah, that. I
2: know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Actually, it was
3: cool. Yeah, it was cool. So, so I was all over the place, and uh, it's it it's 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 an interesting. It's a foreign culture, and uh, like any foreign culture, it's just a really interesting place uh, uh, to go and to learn about. So.
2: Well, Mary. Thanks again for being on Star thanks. Talk. Thank you. So, and and so we'll just—I want to be on your on your tour list every single time.
3: Oh, you bet. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah. We'll never. I want get to get be
2: like the only show that had every one of their damn books. <laughs> right here, we get them we all. Six
3: for six. So.
2: <laughs> well, we got to close out this part of the show uh, when Star Talk returns. Chuck, nice and Bill Nye take over the studio for a segment of maker-themed Cosmic Queries. Yes. Brought to you by Google.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... This is from at Mrs. Doodle Journey on Instagram. At Mrs. Doodle Journey. At Mrs. Doodle Journey. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What is the best way to make a portable greenhouse? So I suppose she's looking at this.
0: If I were, no, 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 this weekend. Really? Yes, with clear plastic inflatable dome. That's what I do. That's it. That's all you really need. What's what I do. People play tennis under inflatable domes. People make inflatable domes for their backyard for fun. Right, held up by a fan. Right. So you could I could easily imagine a clear plastic dome. You carry it in essentially a backpack or a, a shopping cart, or a hand truck. Right. And you show up at wherever you want inflatable dome zone <laughs> and turn the bad boy on. And the fan to hold the thing inflated will run off a solar panel connected to a battery that would keep the thing inflated all, all night. night. I did that without even just from the hip. I'm going to tell you, that was impressive. And then in space, it seems like it would be just the same thing with yeah. a lower pressure inflatable dome. And plants do seem to grow okay in space. You know, that's a little game they play up there. Right. So as long as you have the right soil... Or the right, or the right uh, uh, hydroponic medium. Right. Can I say medium? I like that. You're on the radio medium. I like hydroponic even better. Yes. Uh, and then uh, then you can grow stuff, I guess, portably. Awesome. But still, so far, you still need light, a source of light and water and yes. hydroponic well, That's why they have and... lamps and closets. I'm sorry. I'm thinking uh, I can't hear you. Really I don't know what you're Where talking about. Moni- yeah. But you know, uh, changing the subject to... Uh, what used to be illegal, manuf- or illegal agriculture at home. Yeah. Looks like that's all going to be legal soon enough. Well, it should be. Let's be honest. I just, can I ask as a fellow citizen? Yes. I don't want to breathe the secondhand smoke from the legalized and properly taxed marijuana sales. You do not want to breathe the second-hand. I do not want to breathe the secondhand smell. Well, that's why they'll have coffee houses where okay. you will, okay. can go and designated areas for okay, people good. who. And enjoy grown that. an inflatable greenhouse. Exactly. Maybe in an inclement place, say you're in Norway or something in the wintertime, and you just got to have your inflatable greenhouse for whatever. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Your coffee house. Uh, just uh, yeah. enjoyment. Enjoyment, right. But just don't make me breathe this. I just never like the smell. If I may, whine. It's never like the smell, <laughs> and you worked in nightclubs for a hundred years. Yes, everything well, smelled
1: like smoke. Well, you, not, not well. That was one of the great things about moving here to New York City. Was shortly after I moved here. Uh, when was this? Nineteen ninety nine, exactly. But shortly thereafter, uh, the mayor said, Chuck. "No more smoking in the in anywhere." We're going to get rid of smoking. And interior spaces. No interior spaces. And everyone lost their mind. Thought but the I, place
0: was going to go out of business. It was going to go
1: out of business. Got it. And especially the, uh, restaurants. You know, the restaurants and, more importantly, the comedy clubs. Because they're like, what are you talking about? That's like, all we do here. all we, we do with, here is smoke and drink. That's all that happens here.
0: Two and faces. so occasional laugh is told. And right. And we don't even care about that as long no. as people are smoking and drinking. And sure what enough. What happened is. The, more people came. And uh, they spent more money. Yeah. All right. So
1: let's move on to Jennifer. mm, You know, Jennifer.
0: It's a long last name. Oh, my. Jennifer.
1: Mm. mm.
0: (laughs) Uh, Melkade. Melkade.
1: Melkade. Anyway, Jennifer. Jennifer. Exactly. Coming to us from Instagram. Now, this this is somewhat of an existential question. Like, dude. Uh, So you're going to have to kind of really just branch yourself for a bit.
0: Hey, Bill. What's next
1: after... 3D printing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, Jennifer, I don't know. I don't like, know. But I think additive manufacture of all sorts is in the future for sure. You, know, you, can, you can design shapes you can make additively or 3D printing that you can't make through conventional machining. So what's after that? I guess molecular scale. 3D print, oh, atomic see, scale. Look at you! You had it in you. Yes, see atomic that? scale atomic 3D print. 3D Individual atoms placed on, let's say, substrates of circuit of uh, exotic new future circuits. Wow. Extremely compact. Hustling against Moore's law. You know where um, every 10 years we double the amount of memory in a given volume. Right. Yes, that's the future, Jennifer. I've answered it succinctly. And you can take that to the bank, Jennifer. No. I mean, it seems reasonable. <laughs> no, it does seem it reasonable. Re- reasonable. All right,
1: so now okay. So this is this these names. Oh. Uh, all right, so go ahead. All right, so this person I'm gonna call you Yoy. Okay. I'm, Yoy, that's pretty cool actually. Yoy. All right. Hey Bill. I think you mean yo. Or yo. Yo. You could stop right there. Yeah, yo, Bill. Yo. And he says, hey, Bill, what are the limits of 3D printing? Don't cop out and say the human mind, Mr. Science Guy. Do we know yet what we cannot do or could never
0: do with 3D printing? Well, I think of something big. What's a big thing? Uh, Empire State Building. Empire State? I don't see why you couldn't 3D print it. (laughs) no and imagine the printer how big does hang oh no 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 the printer could go around well not just that the printer could go around uh the foundation in a big spiral and it's going going up to the sky indefinitely as somebody as long as somebody fed it spiral 3d printing fluid you know what now that you say that there are
1: these window cleaning uh autobots That Mm -hmm. they use, I forget the building in Australia. Clean windows. Yes, but uh, robotically. Robotically, and uh, that's how they work. They just go around the building in a spiral. Yeah, why not? What's not to love? So
0: So, I mean, you can. In other words, think of it where the printer doesn't have to be bigger than the object being printed. Let's go with that insight. Right. Follow me. Right. I got you. Gotcha. Scoring like a spider web is bigger than a spider. Exactly. Like the Empire State Building is bigger than a human. Exactly. By some by a some fraction. Oh my god. And humans were showed up there and built the freaking thing. See, so hey yo, here's the problem. You think too small. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, he or she is a is a listener and viewer. We no, love
1: you. No, we do love you. You're not. Uh, that's a them. really good point, though. It's a spider web is much bigger than a spider. Yes, and it's because you're building out, and so this well, would be just, building. Spider
0: around. provides the protein, the raw material, and then also the design and construction. It's very cool. That, think man. big. Think big. big. big, big Doesn't big. have to be a spiral. That was Uncle Bill just kind of jamming. Mhm. All right, here we go. Uh, Swanson, dinner. <laughs>
1: Swanson dinner. Swanson dinner wants to dinner. know this. Our good friends. good friend Swanson dinner. Swan a., uh says, 3 D printing seems like a great way to pave the road for human colonizations of pave the road. Power, get it? Solar system. Well,
0: that's it. Road. That's what we want to do: is have three D printers on board spacecraft that would make everything an astronaut needs when he or she needs it, rather than packing all this stuff. Right." And I'm sure I think you'll want a substantial number of rolls of duct tape. <laughs> but also you'd have a machine that would print all the tools you might need. Should anything go wrong, you make the tool to fix that thing. Otherwise, you don't take the tool. Instead, you take computer pro- programs, computer files full of what of the files to make the tools.
2: Thanks for listening to Star Talk Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Many thanks to our comedian, our guest, our experts, and I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Until next time, I bid you to keep looking up.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.